Conte, Florenzi, eccolo il cross tagliato di testa, che da go! Capital of the world. What a strike! What a goal! What a comeback! What a game! There are no words to describe it! It's the TC Martin Show. Les Georges jeu, mais cette fois-ci, il n'y en a pas pour Marco Reus. Très fort devant le but! Prescription from the doctor, T.C. Martin. Largo, Pifio. Messi la tiene, Messi, Messi, Messi. Ahí está Iniesta. Gol! 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 Cerebro! Cerebro! Cerebro Iniesta! The doctor is now in. to have you with us oh yes a thunderous thursday edition working our way towards championship weekend we've got afc and nfc championship games love this weekend but no saturday action so you know what that means we now go full-fledged college basketball mode on saturdays yeah we're there i've already started getting into my college basketball mode on my tuesday wednesday thursday nights now full-fledged saturday afternoon of course with Jalapeno Pepper Jack Burger at 12.32. Yes. Tradition. Got to. Just like today at 12.37. It was 12.37. You were a little bit late? Yeah. That's about right. About right. Okay. See, I always, I always do my Thursday Jalapeno Pepper Jack because our guest who joins us on Thursdays, I know that he's going to bring it up or I'll bring it up. And so it's just like automatic that, okay, got my routine, you know, and uh, we're talking, of course, about the one and only Scott Spritzer who will be joining us momentarily. Strong guest lineup uh, today, jam-packed show coming your way. Today, we have got Steve Berline. We will talk to the quarterback and the also uh, the host of the Monday afternoon quarterback on CBS uh, covering the NFL, so he will join us today as we talk a little Raiders. We'll also talk the both championship games on Sunday. Paul Gutierrez will join us, the fine Raiders insider from ESPN. He will join us uh, today as well, too. Jesse Merrick from News 3 will get his thoughts as uh, both Paul and Jesse attended the press conference yesterday where the Raiders introduced their new dynamic duo, is it a dynamic duo or is it just a duo? We will find out next year or the year after or the year after, you know? Yeah. GMs kind of like drafts. You got to, got to give them three years. So we'll talk about Tom Telasco and Antonio Pierce and how that will work out. Okay. So we'll pick up from yesterday's show, uh, regarding that, but, um, more news coming along the pipe. The Atlanta Falcons, they hired a coach. Are Bill you ready Belichick. for this? It is Bill Belichick. It should be Bill Belichick. It's not Bill Belichick, is it? Are, are we ready for this? Are we ready for this? Raheem Morris. I say that with a question mark. Like, are you kidding me? Raheem Morris, the defensive coordinator. All right. Uh, over with the Rams. Yep. Former Tampa Bay Buccaneer head coach from 09 to 11. That didn't really work out too well. 
and he will, he was a part of the coaching staff in Atlanta, in Atlanta from too, for, twenty to twenty, right, right, twenty one, right, right, right. Before he went over with the Rams, he was there as well. And it's funny, Belichick had two interviews with Atlanta. Uh, Vrabel had two interviews with Atlanta. Didn't Harbaugh have one? And, I believe uh, Harbaugh did. Yeah. Yes, yes. Don't know if he had a second, but they settle. And under the parentheses are settle. Oh no, it's a hundred percent settle. Raheem Morris. Wow. How would you like to you know say this to all your buddies? Yeah, got a head coaching job over Bill Belichick. They hired me over him. I mean, and he can say that. He can actually say that. And yeah. it's- Kind of scary to be able to say, "Hey, yeah, yeah," because now when they epically have like a zero and eighteen season, well, zero and seventeen, zero and seventeen. Yeah, I yeah. forgot that yeah. they're seventeen. You know they don't play on that bye week. They should. Yeah. <laughs> We'd like that. It, it, it More would, action, the better. Here's the thing: it would be an L for Atlanta anyway. Anyway, yeah, I don't know. People are saying, "Well, that's a pretty attractive job." You know, Falcons really get a quarterback, right? Raiders, get a quarterback. Falcons, get a quarterback. Why does Harbaugh want the Charger job? Because they have a quarterback. So now there's only two head coaching head coach positions available. Yes. yes. Seahawks yes. and Commanders. Yeah. Mm. Interesting because you know, Tennessee goes rookie head coach. It's Carolina, rookie head coach. Crazy stuff. All right, we'll dive into it all today. Let's uh, get it cracking here with my man, handicapper extraordinaire, just all-around sports guru, Scott Spritzer. Scott, what's going on, man? I'm just sitting here listening to these coaching hires, and I'm like, first of all, I don't know why you would want Bill Belichick. The guy's like a 450 career head coaching record before and after Tom Brady. Um, The other one was, well, unless you had a great quarterback. And, you know, Jim Harbaugh interviewed there once. And he was scheduled to interview there twice, and he canceled it because I'm sure he had already made up his mind that he would like to coach Justin Herbert over Desmond Ritter. You know, so good luck, Raheem Morris. Good luck, Atlanta Falcons fans. You've now got Desmond Ritter coached by Raheem Morris. That ought to get you three wins. Yeah. Uh, you know, well, it's just crazy. What will that do for attendance figures as well, too? Oh, my gosh. I'd be so not excited. I'd rather have Dan Quinn back. You know, <laughs> I mean, but if you're going to have a quarterback like Desmond Ritter, you've got to have a coach who can coach up the quarterbacks. So are they going to go out and if they haven't yet hire some amazing OC who's got a reputation of a quarterback whisperer? I mean, that's what they would need now to have any chance of doing anything two years down the road. So, boy, I just I would not want to be a Falcon fan right now. I love the fact that the Chargers rolled out the red carpet, emptied the bank trucks for Jim Harbaugh because, my gosh, this team will be winning out of the blocks. Justin Herbert, that offensive talent around him, coached by Harbaugh and the people he brings in with them, that's going to be uh, – I've always wanted to be a Charger fan. I'm not a fan of any team. I'm a fan of the league. But when I'm not betting against them, I've always wanted to be a Charger fan, and now I think I can be. <laughs> hey, back to the Atlanta situation. Where's Jerry Glanville? Bring back Jerry Glanville. Come on. <laughs> I'd love to see – I heard his name popping up somewhere. I didn't even know he was still around. 81 years Somebody- old, by the way. 81, is that what you said? Yeah, 81. No, yeah, 80, I, I didn't even know. 82, I, 82, yeah. I know he did some stuff, I think, in NASCAR a while back. I think it was the last time I heard of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, what a great guy. What a, what a character. <laughs> I think I'd take him over Raheem Morris at 82. <laughs> yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, it is crazy what we're seeing here. And, you know, so, Scott, you are old enough to remember this. And I was thinking about this earlier today, where this trend 
in pretty much all sports, but specifically football, where you have got the unproven coach that gets the head coaching job, unproven offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, whatever it is, and they get the keys to this multi-billion dollar car, and they get basically two to three years to prove themselves at a discount rate. Now, we see Major League Baseball go that routine, you know, where, okay, we'll bring up the bench coach, hitting coach, whatever it is, third base coach occasionally, we'll get all that. But back in the day, remember, especially in the NBA, where you would see Dick Mata, Cotton Fitzsimmons, you know, just you just see the recycling. You had to have head coaching experience to get a job. You know, you, right. and we would make fun of those guys. Oh, here, oh, look, there goes Cotton Fitzsimmons. There goes Dick Mata to this team, you know, and like Dick Mata would be with a different team like every three or four years or whatever. But he, when he went somewhere, you're going, well, they're going to be pretty good because, you know, this guy's got an experience. He's been to finals and that sort of thing. But you never saw that progression, what we see now. And now they just really kind of just discount altogether, you know, a, a former head coach. Like, you know, let's say Marvin Lewis, for example. If Marvin Lewis was living in the, in the seventies or the eighties, this guy'd be the head coach of about four different teams in the last, you know, 15 years. You know what I mean? Sure. And I'd yeah. rather have a guy like that than an experiment because over and over again, it's just an experiment. We know what's going to happen. What's going to happen in Tennessee? What's going to happen in Jacksonville? What's going to happen in Atlanta? Okay, three years, you're going to be going through the whole thing over. And that's why I really kind of wanted to see them go with Belichick because at least, you know, you are hiring an experienced head coach, a guy that gets it. And sure, he might ask for a lot of money. He's going to ask for, um, you know, control over certain things. Okay. Well, why don't you try something different, Atlanta? Because it hasn't worked out for you or these teams that we're talking about. It hasn't worked out with this experimentation of going with a young guy with no experience and he doesn't know how to play calls. He's always fighting the, the play clock. I mean, come on. Yeah. If they were going to hire Bill Belichick, the one thing I would do is say, okay, I've got a very good defensive mind bring in a terrific and proven offensive coordinator uh, because Bill is not a great offensive mind. Right. And so he would have to, and plus he's a little bit older. Listen, I'm getting older too, so I can say these things. You know, it's like you were mentioned, you know, inexperienced managers and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, of course, me being out here and being a fan of who I'm a fan of, you know, I'm thinking Phil Nevin. Why in the world did the Angels hire Phil Nevin as their manager after they got rid of Joe Madden? You know, and now it's Ron Washington, who I think is 93,000 years old. You know, so if you're going to bring a, a coach, a manager, whatever, who's a little bit older, I think you got to go with the guy who's proven, has been a proven winner. I mean, the Chargers just, they just stole, you know, the best college football coach of the last several years. Along, well, I'm saying second to Nick Saban. And then also, not only that, but they're going to, they've got a top five head NFL coach before the, before he even arrives in San Diego. And that's what I'm doing, man. Just if you're going to be in this game to win it, in it to win it, as they always say, go out and get me a head coach who has a proven track record. D'Amico Ryan's good hire in Houston. He had a great track record as a defensive coordinator, you know, and he's doing well, but I don't, I don't, I don't know about Raheem Morris. I just, Boy, I just think like, oh, well, we didn't get Jim Harbaugh. Um, we didn't get Bill Belichick. Maybe he refused behind closed doors. Who's next? You know, it's like almost like they just settled for third or fourth string on their list. And it just drives me crazy. Go out, pay the money, get a proven winner as head coach 
or get a proven guy like a Kyle Shanahan who we knew what he was bringing to San Francisco with his offensive mind because he had proven it elsewhere. And everywhere that he went when he left, they got worse on offense. And so you've got to bring somebody and prove it. I don't get it. I just don't get it. Exactly. And I'm with you, man. You know, a lot of people say, well, you're anti-offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator. I'm okay with those guys getting elevated to a head coach if, like you said, they have the experience and they prove themselves. But just because, hey, you're the hot defensive coordinator and your defense, uh, you know, finished in the top 10 when maybe they weren't expected to, there's a lot of factors with that. Okay. Maybe, sure. maybe the offense, uh, outperform. Maybe you had a soft schedule, you know, all, the, all those things factor in. But when these guys sit in interviews and I know the, the process for an NFL head coach, you know, what that interview process is like. I mean, it, it can be brutal. I mean, if you haven't experienced president or GM, the first thing they're going to ask you is like, okay, what is our, uh, what is your vision for our football team, uh, for three years from down the road? Okay. Now lay out the OTAs for me. Lay out the, uh, you know, your progression of your practice plan, this and that. Oh, and by the way, tell me how well you know, and this is where it really starts, how well you know our personnel and what is your vision for each guy in at least each position group. And, you know, some of these guys I'm going like, okay, when they get asked those questions, if they do, how can they even answer it? Cause they have right. zero experience whatsoever. But again, well, he's cheap. Um, uh, you know, we, we, we kind of like what he's doing schematically. And, uh, sure. so, you know, he's, he's, we've heard he's, you know, pretty good in the locker room. Maybe he played the game for six, seven, eight years. Okay, fine. But, but like with Atlanta, I mean, they have gone through this same uh, situation over and over again. You try something different. Do something yeah. different. That's all. Well, I'm and saying. if you're going to hire a coordinator, like let's say, for instance, D'Amico Ryans, you know, he, he had a proven track record in yes. San Francisco on defense. Yeah. And you can go – I mean, if first of all, I want to see three years experience if I'm going to hire a coordinator. And if he's supposed to be this defensive guru, then I want to go back in and I want to see, okay, for three seasons – how did his teams do uh, in red zone defensive success rate? How did they do and things like that? You know, I'm talking about serious metrics. And if it's great over three years or really good over three years, then I know that, you know, it was more than a flash in a pan or maybe a soft schedule that they played for one year and the other two years he was a bust. You know, all of a sudden they had a good year because of how things set up for them schedule-wise. So that's why I like the D'Amico Ryan's hire. I mean, you, you knew this guy was going to bring a great defensive mind. And so if I have, like, for instance, a defensive-minded coach that I hire as a head coach, I want to bring in a proven offensive mind. Got to be a guy who can take over the offensive play calling and run the show on that side of the football. I'm all about offense when it comes to hiring a head coach. But if I have to go the defensive route, they better have a three-year track record of being top, let's say, seven or eight in the league in the most important, the most key metrics, which are things like red zone success rate on defense, passing yards allowed per attempt, things like that, yards after catch allowed. If they've done that for three years, I'll hire him. But Raheem Morris, come on. I just, I'm blown away by that hire. And I've been looking at college basketball and everything else. And I didn't even know he got hired until I got on the show today. And I'm sitting there just kind of flabbergasted. I know. It is crazy. All right, man. Let's uh, talk about the meaningful games coming up uh, this weekend. Quick, uh, we haven't talked since uh, last weekend's divisional round. Though. What was uh, what was your take on the divisional round? Congratulations. 2-0 for Scott Spritzer. The only one that went 2-0 on our best bets last week. Very good, my friend. I was real happy. Thanks. It was. Uh, it's been a nice playoffs thus far. Five and two overall. And again, like you said last week, I had my top play of the postseason on the Ravens last week, and uh, they were a little funky in the first half. But 
If you look at, you know, Houston's one touchdown came on special teams. Other than that, the Ravens did what I hoped they would, which was completely shut down a very good and potentially great quarterback who's in his rookie season playing against the best defense he's seen all year. So it worked out well. I was happy that uh, obviously that, you know, both the games we talked about here were able to win and, and able to go 5-2 and two thus far. You got it. All right, my friend, let's, uh, let's get into it here. Kansas City and Baltimore, Sunday, 12 noon. I know that everyone loves to uh, kind of handicap a little bit. The last thing that they saw and what they saw from Baltimore was, wow, this team really struggled in the first half. Okay, they were coming off the bye. Again, they rested their starters, so maybe they got warmed up a little bit. That's kind of a conventional you know, narrative that we always hear. And now it's like, okay, wow, they look pretty good in the second half. Now they're at home. Okay, they're rolled. Then we look at Kansas City, and people are going to say, wow, they went into Buffalo and they took care of business and the defense, uh, you know, stepped up and, uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes looked like vintage Patrick Mahomes. Oh, the Chiefs are getting three and a half points. Hmm. Uh, sounds like there's a lot of money on Kansas City right now. But, uh, again, this is, this is a game where I think you can make the argument, Scott, for, for both sides. I'm very curious how you are capping this game. Well, I jumped in on Baltimore at three and a half, so it's gotten up to four in a lot of books now, most of the books. I'd say uh, both here in town and outside of Nevada, I, I would say at least 75 80% are on uh, Baltimore, which has moved it up to four in a lot of joints. And that's what I did. I laid the three and a half here. Um, I could talk about this game all day. I'll start with Kansas City's red zone issues. They've struggled all season to get the ball in the end zone. We all know that, and we've seen it again for most of the eight quarters in the postseason. I went back and I looked at the last four games for Kansas City, so the two playoff games, the two regular season games to end the season, and in their last 21 scoring drives over four games, they've had to kick field goals 14 times. That's how those scoring drives have ended. Seven touchdowns, 14 field goals in the red zone, so they're still not doing well in the red zone. Only seven of those drives reached pay dirt. Then you got Baltimore. They headed to the AFC Championship with the NFL's second-best defensive red zone success rate. You've got excellent strength against weakness. And then, you know, Kansas City's receivers struggling all season just to catch Mahomes' passes. The Ravens are the number one team in the NFL, number one defense in yards per pass allowed, another strength versus weakness. They've allowed 21 or more points four times this entire season, that Ravens defense. Then I look at Casey's defensive struggles against the run. You know, they were getting their butts kicked on the ground by Buffalo last week. I was texting a couple of the guys in our circle, and I was saying, you know, why did Buffalo stop running the football? You know, I mean, Josh Allen was great. He led the team in rushing. But Cook was running the football well. Um, Even the fullback was running well, but he only got like seven carries. But he had like 40 yards, almost six yards per pop. They stopped running the football Late third, early fourth, and I'm I'm scratching my head going, why did they stop? Now they're throwing the ball on first and ten, second and eight, second and ten. And I'm like, this is ridiculously bad coaching. If you're the Buffalo Bills, I thought they let Casey's defense off the hook. Baltimore's number one in the league on the ground, 156 rushing yards per game. And I think, you know, it's obviously a rare instance when Kansas City doesn't have a coaching advantage. At best, it's equal. Uh, Those are all the keys to the game for me, and I think the, the Ravens have the advantage in all of those categories I just mentioned. So I'm on the Ravens. I also like KC under 21 and a half points. It was about minus a dollar 40 a couple days ago when I jumped on this for all those reasons that I just mentioned. I get it that KC averaged over seven yards per play last week. That was a banged up Bills defense. And then they played a banged up and anemic 
Miami team the week before anemic on the road as opposed to home. You know, and I mentioned last week, I think, that when you talk about good teams at this point when it comes to passing, we talk about teams that have completed over 61% of their pass attempts. The Ravens won 12 of the last 13 times, and in those games, they've averaged 30 points per game and given up 13. We saw it last week, 34 to 10, same type of score. I, I just think the Ravens are too tough. I love Patrick Mahomes. Obviously, a lock is a future Hall of Famer, can scare the heck out of you, can win a game almost on his own. I just don't think it's going to happen this week against this Baltimore team. Yeah, those are all valid, strong points, and I agree with you on so many of those, Scott. And I know that you know after the game and looking even to the next day, I was thinking to myself, hmm, you know, I might take a shot with Kansas City, especially on a teaser, so I can get them up to, to over, you know, 10, 10 and a half points. I'm going like, that, that makes a lot of sense. And then I started, you know, really diving into it and just hitting a lot of the points that you just said. And I'm going like, wait a minute here. Baltimore could just really pound this team with the run game. And like you said, number one, averaging 156 yards per contest. And, you know, Buffalo was having success, you know, running the football where Buffalo stopped and was, they got really predictable where they were just running on first down and were, and would get stuffed at the line of scrimmage, especially from the third, you know, middle of third quarter on. And then they were in predictable downs. And I, and I didn't like that. And I think that, that a lot, that got a little blown up with a lot of people thinking, wow, look at how good Kansas City is. Uh, you know, they got Chris Jones right there and, and they, they, you know, they stopped the run. They really don't. I think they were like 17th uh, in the league uh, in run defense. And I just think this could be the big miss, uh, the big mismatch and advantage for Baltimore here. And we know Harbaugh, you mentioned it. I agree. You got Andy Reid, usually coaching advantage, but I put Harbaugh right there, maybe even ahead of Andy Reid because he will come right at this Kansas City defense and it, they have multiple running backs. I mean, you got Gus Edwards that can run the football. You got other guys that can run the wall as well, too. So I look at a ground and pound thing, which would really bode well for your underplay on Kansas City and under 21 and a half. Last time these two teams played each other was two years ago, and it was a score fest. It was 36-35. But again, that was a much different Kansas City offense with Tyreek sure. Hill and others as well, too. So, you know, I've, I've kind of switched a little bit, you know, and as much as I, I love to play the teasers here, I think I'm just going to go with Baltimore here, whether money line or, or, you know, you know, now it's up to four. So, like I said, eh, you're not getting that three, three and a half. So it never was three, but you know what I'm saying. I, I, well, here's, I'm with here's you. the good news too, TC. I mean, if you, you know, I mean, it doesn't mean you can't lose by a hook or whatever. It happens. I think people overrate the hook on a three. And again, I get it. It's a key number. I've been doing yeah. this for 30 years. I understand all the numbers. But I'll tell you why I say that. People remember the bad beats. We all re- I do too. I remember my half-point losers. You know, I laid three and a half. They won by three. I took two and a half. They lost by three. I get it. And we remember the bad beats forever. But I wanted to point out that in the NFL, only about 8% of all the games of the last 30-plus years have come within the point spread, have landed the final score within the point spread. And, and so it's almost a situation where we're affected by it. So I hear people like talking about, Oh, I like so and so at three and a half. I'm going to buy the half point down to three. You're going to pay a buck thirty to buy something that happens eight percent out of a hundred percent of the time. So I, I just think if you like a side, you stick with it. Now, if the number jumped to six, we're, it's a different story. But it's three and a half, four, and there's plenty of three and a half, especially in Vegas. You can find three and a halfs just about anywhere in Vegas still if you don't like the four. Which you know, to me, it's you know, no big deal either. One, I'm, I might get a push if it lands on four. I get that. 
But again, this, you know, am I going to be shocked if Patrick Mahomes comes out and has, you know, another unbelievable game and leads KC to the upset? Absolutely not. Would I be shocked? It's Patrick Mahomes. It's Travis Kelsey. Uh, but I just, when you handicap the game, it, it, it screams Baltimore to me. Yeah, I agree. And you said the exact same thing last week about the 8%. And I was thinking about you while we're sitting there at the Westgate in the Superbook watching uh, the Tampa Bay go for two. Like, oh, could it land on six? There it is. Oh, no. Lands on eight. <laughs> but, but the other games, yeah, not, not, not close. There it was. All right, man. Uh, Detroit in San Francisco, 3.30 on Sunday. San Francisco a seven-point favorite. We know that Detroit uh, has been a, a great story, darling story, great. But let's uh, let's slow the roll a little bit because Detroit is a little bit of a different team when they go on the road. I know San Francisco didn't look great last week. Purdy really didn't look good until that final drive. Uh, my thoughts are, Scott, that, okay, San Francisco's not going to play two games back-to-back like that. However, the Debo Samuel thing is a big deal. And as far as Detroit goes, I still have this stuck in my head that I remember the last time they played outdoors on grass, they went to Chicago about two months ago and got drilled 28-13, to and... They had a bunch of home games to close the regular season, two to start the playoffs, and their away games were Minnesota and Detroit basically inside. So I'm a little concerned about Detroit, and I know it's an old adage that we used to use this all the time, but I think it might come into play here. Yeah, I could see that happening, and obviously you're not going to have freezing temps, so they don't have to worry about that, but... You know, the stats and the facts are what they are, and, and they're playing outside. I'll tell you what even bothers me more than that for Detroit is each of the last five Detroit opponents have scored at least four times, four scoring drives, each of the last five opponents. So teams are scoring points against them. Ten of their last 11 opponents have scored at least 20 points with an average of 26 points per game against Detroit in those contests. And check out the past defense, D.C. Detroit's last five opposing quarterbacks – have combined to complete 66% of their passes, averaging over 370 yards per game against the Lions, 9.6 yards per pass in those five games. Nick Mullins, he tore up the Lions. They played, they played Minnesota twice late in the season. Nick Mullins uh, went up against this Detroit defense, and in those two games, he combined to throw for 807 yards on 10 yards per pass. I mean, my gosh, I don't know how you shore that up in one week. I know Brock Purdy made some bad reads last week. I know that his team might not be here if a certain Green Bay defender doesn't drop, which should have been a pick six. But the fact is they found a way to win. They're here, and the mix of CMC on the ground and the passing game should move the ball, I think, throughout this game. Again, you know, Brock Purdy, the more experience he gets in the postseason, I think the better he's going to be when it comes to deciding on where to throw the football and where not to throw it. And then again, you know, I was looking at a couple of receivers here that they've played lately, Detroit. Tampa Bay's Mike Evans, 147 yards receiving against the Lions with Baker Mayfield at quarterback. I'll take Brock Purdy over Baker Mayfield. And the Rams, well, Nakua, 181 yards receiving against Detroit. Even Jefferson for Minnesota, T.C., finished with nearly 200 receiving yards the last time they played Minnesota. It was like a buck 97 through the air. So Diebold or not, I think San Francisco is going to be too tough. Uh, you know, they're always around the top of the league this year when it comes to yards after catch. I think they'll be able to do damage there. And I'm going to throw one prop out there for you, T.C. Brandon Ayuk, he's up to 80 and a half. I like him over his receiving yardage. 
I, I think that you know San Francisco should put up quite a few points in this game. You might want to look at maybe even San Francisco over 29.5 points in this contest. So you, you can tell what I like here, and it's the San Francisco offense. Listen, when Scott Spritzer speaks, this is not E.F. Hutton, okay? Everybody, please be quiet. <laughs> when he says wide receiver over or under, you listen to Scott Spritzer. I can, I can go back week after week after week. I am patting you on the back. I'm bowing to you, my friend. I'm high-fiving <laughs> you. I'm pouring the champagne on your head, okay? You, are, you have been nails. Understand that. Nails. Ladies and gentlemen, he has been nails coming to these player props. You know what I mean? I never play player props. Okay. Even Super Bowl once in a blue moon. I am, I am onto your bandwagon, my friend, on Super Bowl Sunday. <laughs> and the tough part is, is you gotta, you know, if you're playing props in football, it's, it's really tough because the props start coming out on Sunday night, Monday morning. And, you know, by the time even Wednesday rolls around, I mean, Brandon Ayuk, you could add him at 74 and a half. It's up to 80 and a half. I've seen as low as 78 and a half, but I still like it. You know, obviously 74 and a half would have been a much better number, but you really got to be like all over these props right from the get go Sunday nights, Monday morning because they move so much. And I don't dabble as much with NBA props, but NFL props have become a weekly play for me, TC, as you know. And, yeah. you know, last year we had, uh, last week, I should say, we had uh, Gibbs, Jameer Gibbs the running back for Detroit to go over 22 and a half. And he finished with 40 through the air, just a nice matchup advantage there with the running back catching the ball out of the backfield. So with all that hype, we'll see if we can still avoid the jinx and land in the wind column with Ayuk. <laughs> there you go, man. All right, real quick. Uh, give me a college basketball winner tonight, Scott. All right. Well, I got to preface this and wimp, be a little bit of a wimp here and tell you that I wasn't crazy about tonight's card. Um, I like Northern Kentucky a little bit, but let's get rid of all that. Let's go away. You know, let's go to the big seven footers home team, right? Oh, San Francisco, yeah. his alma mater. I'll throw this at you real quick. I took last night, late last night, small play, San Francisco plus the points. They were getting nine at the time. Uh, listen, bottom line is this Don's team, 10th in the nation in two point shooting. And at the other end, they hold teams to less than 47% shooting. Gonzaga's not their typical offense this season. They struggle shooting the three, and they rely on the shot inside the arc. But San Francisco is very strong defending the two. I, I think I, I really believe that the Zags are still a bit overvalued at the window. I think we're buying low a little bit here on the Dons. The caveat, the reason this wasn't like a, a bigger play and just a small play for me, San Francisco's strength of schedule has been a little weak. That worries me. But, uh, again, I, I got a little play on the Dons tonight, so – uh, let's get uh, the big. Maybe can the big guy suit up? You got any eligibility left? <laughs> uh, the, the 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 big guy will be. Uh, well, this game is on the road, so he won't be there. Uh, he, he doesn't want to go to the Pacific Northwest anymore. But uh, next time you, you watch uh, the big seven footer, a game at uh, the old War Memorial Gym in San Francisco, look on your right baseline, and you'll see him there, stretched out with a scarf around his neck. All right, I'll check that, it out. That, that that'll tell you that he's not ready to suit up. And his own security. Yeah, his own private security, right there. Oh, you gotta love that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it's a female, you know, and she does, she does a great job of, of giving him water and, uh, you know, make sure that he's hydrated with a with a towel in case he works up a sweat because he has that scarf on. There it is. Nupchuk, did you, you record this? You're going to play Scott's handicap back for the seven-footer. <laughs> there we go. He's going to love you. Scott, you and might were 10, by the way. It was 10. It's down to nine. There yeah. are a couple of nine and a halfs out there, but I still think the way to go is the Dons tonight. All right, brother. Be good. Have yourself a good weekend, and I uh, look forward to talking with you next week. All right, man. Take care, guys. There it is. Scott Sprites from a guy. Yep. Making it happen. We come back. We go to the quarterback, Steve Berline, and we get his thoughts on championship weekend.
The Sacramento Sports Hall of Fame celebration is back Sunday, February 4th at Thunder Valley Casino. Meet and greet the class of 2024. Matt Barnes, James Donaldson, Leon Lee, and Jamie Whitmore. Don't miss Sacramento's best sports night of the year. Food served between 6 and 7 p.m. Live entertainment with comedian Dennis Caxiola. Get your tickets now at Ticketmaster.com for the Sacramento Sports Hall of Fame celebration Sunday night, February 4th. All info, go to SacSportsHOF.com. T.C. Martin Show. There's only one thing we know for sure. The Giants of New York took on the Packers of Green Bay. The Dr. T.C. Martin. He was a most ripping victory by kicking an oblong ball made of pigskin to a big H. The doctor is now in. All right, back at the Westgate Las Vegas on Friday, our Friday home. Yes, looking forward to it as we will be delivering our best bet. Scott Spritzer just joined us. We're talking about prop bets, Super Bowl, on our best bets. Two Fridays from now, we delivering our best prop bet as well. I guarantee you, Scott will definitely hit that. Yep, Westgate, Las Vegas, inside the world famous Superbook. Come on by, see the show live, two to four p.m. Always a great time. And um, I can tell you one guy who will not be joining us uh, this Friday. And that is Mike Tice. Will not be joining us on Friday. Oh no! Why? <laughs> is it because he's too broke to get to the? <laughs> oh my goodness! Marco D'Angelo and myself did a number on Mike Tice last night. So Mike Tice had to pay off the food bet because he owed me two, owed Marco one. So Marco invited himself to come. No, I, I actually invited Marco. It was fine, and. um so we had dinner at uh, our favorite spot. Great spot. <sighs> Love my blue ribbon. You guys know that. And uh, so we started off with the chicken wings. Mm-hmm. Then uh, Marco wanted to do the ribs because I turned one of those ribs before the appetizer part where you, the little hibachi and you, you fix it yourself, right? Yes. There. Yeah. Okay. So let me know if you got the calculator out here. So we started with a bucket of wings. Then we've got the ribs got that then um we said uh got to go with the soup got to go with the tomato soup love the tomato bisque soup it's, it's fantastic okay so tice wants to start off with uh bone marrow i go are we doing a transplant here or what a lot of people love the the bone marrow i i, I don't understand it all right just really don't understand the bone marrow but uh there you go um, then it's time to order the main event, All right? Time to go to the main event. So I said, we're going to go to steak, but I thought I would take it easy on him and go with the, uh, the 16 ounce New York steak, go ahead and slice it. So Marco and I could, could split it up. Then. Yeah. Okay. We got that. Got right. you. Okay. Then, uh, Iron Mike goes with the, uh, the oysters. Let's go like with a dozen oysters. Oh, it doesn't. Yeah, oh, yeah, okay. yeah. Hold on. You know, have, have the debate, the East West, all that sort sort of thing. Uh, not to mention, he downed two or three drinks. There was a glass of wine. There was some uh, rare type of alcohol that he asked for. Some type of Manhattan with a certain kind of what's in a Manhattan anyway? Uh, I'm sure our next I guest forget. would know that. I'm but sure. but anyway, so uh, three drinks that, that he had. 
And then, uh, oh, anything else? Okay, and then, of course, I went with the, the strawberry dessert. The sides, uh, went with the fries. And, um, oh, and then there was another entree, too. The oysters weren't enough for, for Iron Mike. He wanted to go with the fried chicken dinner. Ooh. So we had the, the bucket of wings. And it's the first time I, you know, I got a good it's look the at the first that time that he's been, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So there you go. So we went with the bucket of wings. We went with the, the rib platter, the soup, the uh, 16 ounce New York slice, oysters, bone marrow, uh, and um, fried chicken. Now, with the strawberry dessert. Now, if my calculations are right. All right. Let's all be good. 342.26. Wow. Somebody else guessed that exact number, not with a sense, when I, I, I put this to them earlier today, my accountant, as you all know. Uh, ready for the, till, uh, the bill? Now, again, I never saw the bill, you know, yeah. you know but according to him, it was $491. <laughs> Ooh, that's a hurting. Oh, yeah. We put a hurt on him. Sorry, Tice. Hurt, But he was bitching and moaning about it. And then I had to say, wait, 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 wait. Now, come on, man. I said, he goes, oh, the steak. I, I thought it was just chicken. No, no, you're getting the steak. This and that. Okay, wait a minute. Listen, we're splitting the steak. We're giving you a break. We're splitting the New York steak. We're splitting it. All right? So let's say that's $98 steak. Yeah. You, you take that in half. Okay, it's good. So if you take the steak off, I mean, come on, man. You know? I'm sure his Manhattan yeah. cost him he will, a pretty penny. He, 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 will, he will not be appearing uh, on the show anytime soon. So now, off, <laughs> a little bit off topic. And I said, come on, man. You got to come on the show. We got we to ta- recap the dinner. Let, let, let's recap for a second. Yes. This is, you said it was your first time seeing the fried chicken. Fried chicken. Yes. Same breading. Or does it look a little bit different? It di- looks a little bit different, okay. but, but man, they, they give you kind of like a half of a chicken or whatever. Okay. That, that, it's a big breast, and it, it looked good. Because when good. I went one time, I saw it, and I was like, yeah. uh, no, no. Yeah, yeah. see, Seven Footer yeah. went with that, too. And I told Seven Footer, I said, you no, you got to go with the wings. Get you got to go, go with our wings. Yeah. Forget this other chicken. And he goes, I love fried chicken. This is Tice last night. I love fried chicken. I'm going to go, okay, go with the fried chicken. And then, you know, got a, got a picture of it or, you know. Well, so, I couldn't get a picture because he started diving into this. So Tice was saying, yes. I want a bucket of chicken. Yeah, he wanted a bucket of chicken. He wanted oyster. He wanted everything. And he wanted to bitch and, mo- and moan and complain that he spent too much money. So I don't know what you get. All right. Speaking of, let's go to our, our quarterback expert, football expert, golf expert, and chicken expert, Steve Berline. How is that transition? You got to love that. Let me just tell you something. I, I... <laughs> I've not ever heard any people that could talk for that long <laughs> about that particular type of a subject. Uh, well, I'm just killing time for you because uh, you're like three putting. You're three putting on the 17th or whatever. I'm trying to kill time. I'm giving you some time, man. Yeah, like, holy moly. Uh, well, this, I will have you know I've been sitting here listening for the last five minutes. Oh, okay. So <laughs> maybe it's a four putt then. I don't know. So what do you think? What, 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 what's your takeaway on that? You know how it is. We do food bets here and you know, not my fault. The guy lost the food bet and he said, okay, whatever you want. You know, I thought I'd take it easy. You know, I'm not an alcohol drinker. My partner's not an alcohol drinker. We just went with the bare bones minimum. I mean, we went with the chicken. We went with the steak, a little soup, a little dessert. What's wrong with that? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 
you lose, you lose, right? Let me ask you. And then, no. you know, if you're buying, you can order whatever you want. I get that. But, I mean, can you believe that this guy went with bone marrow, oysters, and the full fried chicken dinner? You know, I mean, that's that, that's a lot. And he goes, hey, man, he goes, I'm, I'm 300 pounds for a reason. I like to eat. <laughs> more, more power to him. But, I mean, that's uh, that's a pretty healthy, you know, plates right there, three plates. Oh, for one guy. Yeah. Well, then, and then he was complaining about the total. Right. That's what I'm saying. That's a little crazy, isn't it? Yeah. 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 That is a little. That's a little nutty. Yeah. yeah. You know. And in, in I think for future reference, you'll probably, you know, my, the first thing I would have said was, uh, you know, when I get into a little food uh, bet situation, you got to put a limit on it. You yeah. Got to say okay, because yeah. I, I don't want to lose and get you know get caught up in that situation. Well, okay. We're going to go to Mastro's Ocean Club, <laughs> right. and we're going to blow it out. You know, no, that's we're going to say you know three hundred dollar limit, whatever, whatever the you know yeah. whatever the fair number sure. is, and you agree to that, and you, yeah. and you live by that. You know, yeah, that's it. Yeah. And then the flip side, when the, the guy tries to pull a El Polo Loco on you instead, then you're go, we can't do yeah. that either. <laughs> that's right. You yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you got to have a minimum as well. Right there, you go. I love it. I yeah, love it for sure. All right. So speaking of which, because I know that you know you like to, you know you like to put in some tickets and that sort of thing, man. So let me know when you're ready for 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 the food bet. You know, because uh, but I would never do that to you because again, I'm a creature of habit. I get the same thing all the time. You know. Well, yeah. Well, whatever. What, you, you, the bottom line is you 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 have to you have to feed me because. Uh, <laughs> Because I I do all of these things out of the goodness of my heart, and so you know I don't ask for much. Just a bucket of chicken here, or right? Two right here, you know, every once in a while. And I told you so, I got you. I told you I got you. But it's funny because you, you former athletes and, and coaches. I mean, you guys are ringing, singing the same song. I mean, Ty said the same thing when he asked me for six Barry Manilow tickets last week, and he goes, "Hey, I I, I do your show, give up uh you know all my time and everything like that. Least you could do, man, is get me six Barry Manilow tickets." I go, "You're shooting the messenger, man. I I don't. I'm not the entertainment director, okay." <laughs> but, but that's okay yeah. you know, I will aim to please man you know I can get you two I can get you four but you start going six man you know well, I was thinking I was thinking I could get a deal kind of like what Aaron Rodgers got for doing the Pat McAfee show oh, yeah what was it I thought Aaron was just on there for his ego that's all I thought no you you heard I mean he was getting paid a million dollars a year to do that yeah that's why he was showing up every Tuesday exactly yeah he, that's why he was showing up that's yeah. right yeah tell you what right. man you yeah oh, uh, you bring a sponsor with you and uh we'll we'll, we'll take care of you how's that <laughs> All right. A food sponsor. A food fair. sponsor. I love it, man. A food sponsor. In all yeah. seriousness, man, you know I love you and I appreciate uh you you giving up the time and joining us uh a lot. Almost on a weekly basis. And we try to catch you in your car because we know we're just uh you know replacing, you know, some old eighties uh, music, uh eighties rock and roll that you'd be listening to at this time anyway. <laughs> That's right. That, that would be it's right in my wheelhouse for all sure. All right, break it down, man. Break it down. Kansas City, Baltimore. Let's start with this. Uh, the line is four now with Baltimore. How do you see it? Well, you know, I'm still, I'm still devastated by, by what happened uh, the other night. You know, just with Buffalo going down. I, you know, once again, Josh Allen gets him in position and. Uh, you know, say what you want to say. It just, it just didn't happen. So I'm still recovering from, uh, 
from that, I you know Buffalo was that for the I think the third year in a row I've I've called Buffalo as the the team that's going to be there uh, from the AFC, and uh, it just hasn't worked out. You got to tip your hat to Patrick Mahomes. He stepped up and got it done again, like he always does. But uh, feel bad, really bad for the Bills. So wide right, have it in that way uh, again for the Bills. It's just. That's a hard one to deal with for sure and hard one to take. But, um, you know, I, I, hold on, Steve. I I would never. I, 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 before yeah. you before you get into the handicap, I just you know, I, I was saving this for you. So, uh, just so you know, you can live this here. Uh, listen, listen carefully and tell me what this is. You got it. Uh, yeah, I heard that. <laughs> that. That was your Bills ticket getting ripped up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's another reason why I was a little bit upset. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> uh, hey, it okay. hurt me just as much as it hurt you ripping ripping up that ticket, you know, because I yeah, it hurt me too, man. You know, but that's okay. You're yeah. still alive. You got a ticket. You still got a ticket alive. I still got a ticket. Yeah, and uh, you know, it, it, it. I still feel like it, especially based on how the Niners played last week. Uh, you know, I still feel like Detroit could go in there and find a way to uh, make that happen. You know, I, I, I think it would be an epic uh, upset, obviously. Uh, no one's given them a chance. But they're they're a sneaky good football team, man. And uh, I know we're not talking about that game yeah. yet. Yeah, but, sorry. Uh, sorry, sorry to derail it. Okay, so back, back, yeah. back to Baltimore and Casey. How are you handicapping it? Well, it, it, the, the Mahomes factor kind of screws everything up here. Uh, so... But I, I like Baltimore for sure. And, um, you know, I felt the same way about Buffalo last week. But uh, I just think you look at it on paper um, and what the, what the Ravens have been able to do all year uh, to really good football teams. They've pounded some really good football teams throughout the course of this year, and they have not really had a down day. They, they got beat by Cleveland um, in, in a, a very – significant upset but you know every team's going to have out of the 17 games they're going to have one or two weeks where they they just don't bring their a game and i can't remember the situation where uh cleveland found a way to beat them in that overtime game i don't remember all the details but uh i just say that you know the way that they're the ravens defense is playing um you know they're getting back mark andrews this week on the offensive side now they've got with isaiah likely established now as a really legitimate receiving tight end threat. You put both of them on the field now with Lamar Jackson and Zay Flowers and, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're stable of running backs. That's a lot of talent on the football field offensively. And uh, they're, they're as difficult to defend as uh, any team in football because of the Lamar Jackson factor. So I just think Kansas City is going to have a really tough time slowing them down and stopping them. I, I respect the heck out of Steve Spagnuolo, the, the defensive coordinator for Kansas City, but uh, he's got his hands full. And I think in Baltimore, with the way that this Ravens team is playing, I would be, uh, I, I would even be surprised to see Patrick Mahomes find a way to get this one done. If it does happen, I will be very surprised. What about the Baltimore running game? We know that they average a 156 a game. I could really see them just pounding Kansas City because, as you know, Buffalo is running. 
against uh, Kansas City. We've seen teams be able to run against them. They're only 17th, you know, in the in the league uh, on defense and in. You know, against against the rush, so uh, that yeah. concerns me uh, a, a little bit. And you know, I, I gotta go always to the you know that factor of like, okay, it's so hard for a team to repeat. And Kansas City has struggled so much this year, especially in the red zone. It's like, okay, I, I think it's time for the Kansas City party to come to an end. But I'm like you, I'm hesitant to go against Mahomes and Andy Reid and and Travis Kelsey. Yeah. But now that I yeah, you know Pacheco's injured, he's got that toe injury as I'm practiced, and I know he'll gut it out. But I, this just may be Baltimore's you know year at least coming out of the AFC, and for all the reasons you said, that defense is too darn tough. Well, it has been Baltimore's year, and and this is the first time that you know really coming out of the regular season, you really felt that Baltimore was a team to beat, and. They've proven it all year long. Uh, they've been the most consistent team in the AFC. Um, and the, 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 the icing on the cake or the stamp for me was the pounding of, of, of the Niners a, a few weeks back. Um, you know, the way that they just took it to them and just, you know, literally took them out to the woodshed. Um, and, you know, they're just a very confident team. I think Lamar is as healthy as he's ever been going into the playoffs. They, they did not overuse him this year. Um, you know, it showed up last week. He ran for a hundred yards or whatever it was. And, um, you know, again, Mahomes is Mahomes and truly, uh, nothing he does should surprise anybody at this point that this, you know, he's only been in the league for, He's not even 30 yet, but he's already established himself as one of the greatest playoff quarterbacks of all time. And uh, but I just I just don't see it happening. I think you're right. It's everything lines up. It's Baltimore's year. Um, I would be extremely surprised if it didn't work out in Baltimore's favor. And uh, you know I don't want to say it, but I'm thinking that it may not. You know it may not even be uh, a really close football game. I think Baltimore my gut tells me Baltimore is going to control this game from start to finish. Alright. Uh, I can see that happen. Alright, let's go to the afternoon affair. Your Detroit Lions against that San Francisco 49ers. Niners did not play well last week, but uh, it's kind of hard to think that, that you know, barring a major, major injury in this game, that San Francisco is going to come back because we rarely see them throw two clunkers in a row, but they were able to hang on despite not playing exceptionally well last week against the Packers. Yeah, and they did lose three games in a row, though, earlier in the season, but uh, they were they were injured. They were beat up at that time. They were missing some of their weapons. Uh, you know, the Debo Samuel injury is, is not uh, one to That's scary. rush off at all. Yeah. That's very scary. And, uh, you know, he is such a key part to everything that they do, and and you see what happens uh, to that offense when he's not able to, to do the things that they want him to do. Uh, they struggled significantly, and that might have been one of the main reasons, you know, that Purdy did struggle was because Debo was was not a big part of the plan uh, with, with everything that happened. So, um, you know, I, I I really do like the Niners in this game. I, I I'm taking a flyer on Detroit. I wouldn't be surprised if they were able to pull it off, um, and I thought it was worth taking that chance. Um, but but it would be a, a huge upset, obviously to to go to San Francisco, uh, this team has been the most consistent team in the 
uh, in the NFC all year, and I think most people probably think when they're healthy and playing well, they're the top team in the NFL. Uh, I agree with that assessment. Um, so, you know, I, I would be very surprised if Detroit was able to pick, you know, pick this one up. But, but I do like Detroit. Uh, I think that they, they don't care. They're young enough and they're cocky enough to where they literally, I think, are going to go into that game expecting to win. And that's a dangerous, that's a dangerous team at that level. At the NFL level, if you get a team that, that truly believes they're a team of destiny and that they're good enough to go in and get it done, uh, and they want to shock the world, and Dan Campbell is the perfect leader for them, um, I, you know, it can happen. There's no doubt in my mind that it can happen. All right, Niners and uh, the Lions coming at you on a Sunday afternoon. So what we're saying, Steve, is it's a favorite Super Bowl, and we kind of talked about this going back months ago. Hey, maybe collision course between Baltimore and San Francisco. That's what we're seeing here, right? Yeah, that's what we're seeing, and I think that's you know that would be the the Super Bowl that that um, on paper everybody would have said that that's going to be an epic. That's the Super Bowl you want. You know, and especially after the drubbing that Baltimore delivered to San Francisco, you know, right. in their meeting in the regular season, uh, I think everybody would like to see if San Francisco can 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 come back from that and um, you know set the record straight in the game that really matters, the the last one. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. All right, my friend. Well, we appreciate the time uh, as always. Uh, your check will be in the mail. Yeah. Uh, hey, don't worry. Hey, listen. Let, yeah. let me tell you, I got us a little surprise for you. Uh oh. Breaking news. Gonna be, I'm gonna. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be in Vegas. Yes, sir. Breaking news. Breaking news. I love. I'm it. gonna be. Uh, I'm gonna be in Vegas. Uh, we're gonna be filming our show Monday NFL QB NFL Monday QB. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the Monday of Super Bowl week. Um, I'm going to be out there, so I'll be flying in uh, on the 4th, uh, Sunday night the 4th, and then I'll be staying the 4th and 5th, leaving the morning of the 6th. So we'll have to connect, man. Ooh, man. Yeah, because I'll be uh, coming back uh, from Sacramento actually on the 5th. Uh, so we will have to, we will have to do that, my friend. Yeah. We can't get you to stay. You can't stay an extra day or two. Stay an extra day, man. Come on. Nah, I can't do it. I can't do it. There's too much, too much happening, man. Because I'll I'll tell you, you're going to be on the set there and then we'll be broadcasting live from Radio Row starting on that Wednesday. We'd love to have you there, man. Yeah, I just I can't do it. There's just a few too many things going on. I got you. Um, All right. So if we can connect for maybe uh, a bucket of chicken <laughs> on Sunday night, that would be great if we can do that. If you're back in time, yeah. Steve is going to say, um, "Hmm, let's see here. Uh, we get together for about 25 minutes. That's enough time to to, to down a bucket of chicken. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> yes." All right, brother. Well, good to hear, man. Good to hear. (laughs) NFL Monday QB, CBS Sports Network, Steve Berline. Uh, You catch him each and every Monday, and that is winding down and broadcasting live from Vegas uh, on on the 6th. That's awesome. That's great, man. All right. We will talk to you soon, brother. Yeah. yeah. Okay, buddy. See ya. Appreciate it. There he is, the quarterback, Steve Berline. Rip it up, baby. Little little Richard. Ripping up tickets. Oh, no. I hate that sound. Ah! Don't care if I spend my gold.